Well, today I want to talk to you about the invitation that God gives us. He encourages us to lay down our burdens before him. I found numerous scriptures that, where God tells us that he doesn't want us to be weighed down, frustrated, disappointed, or driven to despair because of the burdens that we carry in life. Well, obviously I can't cover all those verses today, but I believe the ones that I am selecting will encourage you, will strengthen you, and comfort you, and refresh you, restore you, empower you, equip you, to enable you to trust in God, to lay down your burdens before him. That's a great promise from God, isn't it? A wonderful invitation that's so encouraging. One of my favorite songs of all times is Burdens Are Lifted at Calvary. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. In that song, it urges those who are burdened by sorrow or sadness, by trials, by worries, by heartaches, to remember that burdens are lifted at Calvary because Jesus is always near. Isn't that a beautiful song? Uh, We're coming back to that song a little bit later today to sing that. On the next slide, there's this great statement that's attributed to Thomas More in the 1500s. Look at that statement. It's such a true statement. It's such a beautiful statement, isn't it? Earth holds no sorrows that heaven can't heal. What a beautiful statement. In recent times, the Crowder Band, Christian Band, has incorporated that statement into the lyrics of one of their songs, Come As You Are. And that song's an invitation. Come all ye who are sad uh, from wherever you are. Come those brokenhearted, let the rescue begin. Come find mercy, those sinners come kneel. Earth holds no sorrows that heaven can't heal. There's hope for the hopeless, O wanderer come home. There's rest for the weary, rest that endures. Earth holds no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your burdens, lay down your shame. All who are broken, lift up your face. O wanderer come home, you're not too far. So lay down your hurt, lay down your heart, come as you are. Earth holds no sorrows that heaven can't heal. Will you lay down your troubles before God today? What a beautiful statement. You know, James was the half-brother of Jesus. He wrote this incredible letter with such practical information in it. He spoke on one occasion of all of us when we go through our experiences of burdens in life. And he says, look, when you go through the experience of burdens in life, you, let, you have to learn how to patiently endure. It's a great statement. Learn how to patiently endure. What does it mean to patiently endure? It means that you don't give up. It means you stay faithful. It means you don't get discouraged or despondent. It means you don't quit on God. It means that you trust in God no matter, no matter what happens, that God is always on your side. He's always for you. He's never against you. To patiently endure. And the reason why we can patiently endure is because we believe in the promise that God has given us, right? That in the next life, in heaven with him, that he will give you a crown of life as reward for patiently enduring. Listen, in life, there are burdens that are very hard. Burdens that can make you sad, create pain, death, and sometimes bitterness if you're not careful. But however, in Revelation 21, verse 4, it says, If you'll lay down your burdens to God in this life, in the next life, he'll wipe away every tear. There'll be no more crying, no more pain, no more death, no more sorrow, no more sickness. Isn't that wonderful? The beautiful promise that if you believe in God, if you believe in God, would you accept his invitation to lay down your burdens before him. That's what he's promised. And we're in his presence today, aren't we? And that's part of worship. God, I want to lay my burdens down before you. The word gospel means what? Good news. 
From the pronouncement of the angels to the shepherds in the field when Jesus was born, all throughout the ministry of Jesus, the gospel message was always the same. The gospel message of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is good news. And part of that wonderful good news is that Jesus says, I'm giving you an invitation to lay down your burdens with me and find rest for your souls. In Matthew 11, it says, if you're tired from carrying those heavy burdens, come to me and I will give you rest. If you're tired of carrying those burdens, daily burdens in your life, if you're tired of those, you can give them over to Jesus. Those burdens may be self-inflicted. Those burdens may have been placed on you from somebody else. Those burdens may be something that just come upon you recently. They may be a burden that you've had for a long time, but it doesn't matter. Whatever the burden is, if you will lay that burden down before Jesus, Jesus promises to give you what? Rest. And doesn't that sound really great when you're going through a burden that you can find rest? Burdens are exhausting, aren't they? They wear you out. They wear you down. They're tiring. They're frustrating. They're stressful. They're troubling. They're anxious. They're fearful. They're unsettling. And what an exchange here. Jesus says, that exhausting burden, if you will give it to me, I am going to give you my rest. My rest. What does that mean? The rest of his salvation, of his forgiveness, of his hope, of his peace, of his strength, of his renewal, of his encouragement. And yes, even the rest of a good night's sleep. How many of you have gone to bed just burdened down and you toss and turn all night? You can't sleep because the burden's there. The rest of Jesus doesn't make you count sheep. You count your blessings, you name them one by one, and you fall asleep in the arms of Jesus. As if you're tired, you can do this, and I will give you rest. What, what an exchange, my weary burden for his strong, refreshing rest, the rest in Jesus. Now, there's one burden that many, perhaps you yourself, carries that's very, very heavy, and it's overwhelming. It's that burden of sin, that burden of guilt and sin, isn't it? Whenever we violate God's word and we don't do his will, we find ourselves carrying this heavy burden that God never intended for us to carry. This weight of guilt and shame and sin that's upon us. King David sinned. It just overwhelmed his life in every aspect of his life. And he shares those thoughts with us in Psalm chapter 38 where he says, I was so overwhelmed by my guilt that it felt like a burden too heavy to bear. Have you ever been there? That burden that's just so heavy to, to bear. And today, if you're thinking, you know what, I need to let go of that burden of guilt and sin in my life. Where can I turn to find a scripture to help me? Uh, write down Psalm 38, the whole psalm. I mean, David pours out. Here's what it feels like to have the burden of guilt and sin. It will affect you physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually. It will wipe you out. It will, just, it will really weigh heavy upon you. But David says, when I laid my burdens before the Lord, God delivered me. God saved me from the crushing burden of that guilt of sin. And he didn't condemn me, but God forgave me. God wants to do the very same thing for you as well. Now you know as well as I do that part of the burden of the guilt of sin is that sometimes the people around you will not forgive you and will not receive you back. And that creates even a further burden, doesn't it? That's just part of it. But I want you to remember something. Even if those around you will not forgive you 
or receive you back. God, and here's the hope of the good news, God, no matter what you've done or who you are, if you'll lay your burdens down before him, he will forgive you and he'll give you the rest for your weary soul. Do you believe that? You need to believe that. There are prisoners behind bars who will be there the rest of their life who will pay through the courts and through our natural laws, national laws, pay that price and never be released from jail. Has God given up on them? No, God is so powerful. The word of God can go into that prisoner behind, behind the bars. They can hear the word of God. They can lay their burdens down before God. They can be saved from their sins in the name of Jesus Christ. And they can rise up and be free that even though they are still in jail the rest of their lives here, they are freed from that burden and one day will get to live of God in heaven forever. Amen? If God can do that for someone that's in prison behind bars, he can do that for you even, even when others around you may not let it go. God says, you lay it down upon me and I'll give you a rest for your weary soul. It's, a, it's such a beautiful thing that he says here. And I look at this and I think about that earth has no sorrow. <clears throat> that heaven can heal. Did you see the report a couple weeks ago about our children carrying their backpacks? 60% of our kids from fourth grade to senior high school are carrying way too much weight in their backpacks to school. And what they have discovered is our children are now having headaches, shoulder aches, back aches, knee joint aches, all sorts of aches that, that are attributed to the fact that every day from the fourth grade on, they're carrying too much in their backpacks, many of them, and it's creating these physical problems. Now, that would be a concern for you as a parent, wouldn't it? You don't want your children carrying a backpack to school every day that's going to weigh them down and eventually cause some sort of physical ailments. In fact, maybe your child's been complaining of some sort of aches and pains. You thought, well, just growing pains. Check their backpack. They may have too much in there. But here's the point I'm trying to make. As much as you are concerned about your child carrying too much weight in the backpack, your God is a heavenly father who loves you. And he's way more concerned about the daily burdens you're carrying that you don't need to be carrying. That's why Peter tells us in his letter, cast all your anxieties upon him for he does what? He cares for you. Do you see there's two parts to that verse? First of all, you have to cast. You have to lay it down, don't you? That requires trusting. That requires humility. That requires faith. Lord, I'm casting this anxiety on you because I know you can handle it better than I. And the second part of it is because I know he cares for me. I know that he cares for me. He's concerned for me. He never intends for us to carry the burdens of life on our own. He's always calling us to put them upon himself. How many of you are familiar with the story of Hannah in the Old Testament? In the Old Testament, the book of 1 Samuel, in the very first chapter, it begins with this story of this woman named Hannah. She is burdened beyond belief. She is stressed out. It's showing up physically on her face, everything in her emotions. She's worn out. There has been this family member that has berated her and mocked her and ridiculed her for year after year after year after year, and it never stops. Never stops. She weeps bitterly over it. Hannah weeps bitterly over it. She won't eat when she gets stressed out about it. And then she, on her face, it's just this downcast look. You can just picture a face 
Paints a thousand words sometimes, doesn't it? You can just see it written all over her face. She's absolutely stressed out. One year, this year, the family goes to the house of the Lord and Hannah decides, I'm going to lay that burden down before God. And she prays before God. She pours it out and she's praying. And the priest there, Eli, sees her lips moving, but there's no voice. So Eli comes to the conclusion that Hannah is drunk. That Hannah's drunk and he goes up to her and says, I'm not having any drunks in the house of the Lord. You don't come into the house of the Lord drunk. Now, don't you feel for Hannah? I mean, year after year, this burden of mocking and ridicule and the family can't get away from it. She's already stressed. She's not eating. Her face is downcast. And now she comes to a place where she hopes to find refuge. And there, the religious leader of the day, Eli, says, you're a drunk. Get out of here. Boy, that, that's really another burden, isn't it, right? You know what she did? Hannah said, look, I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. I'm pouring out my soul to the Lord, praying in anguish and grief. And Eli then recognizes that he misjudged her and says, well, the Lord bless you. And may the Lord grant you favor and answer your request. You go to verse 18. What does Hannah do next? Hannah gets up. She has something to eat. And her whole facial expression now changes, doesn't it? Now, this happens whether before she even knows if God's going to answer her, her prayer, her request. She has no idea at this point whether her outward circumstances would change. But she had made a choice, hadn't she? She had made a decision. I am going to take this burden that's been here year after year that's stressing me out. I can't eat. I'm weeping. I'm bitter. My face is showing it. I am turning this over to God. And the moment she does that on the inside, the burden is lifted. The burden is lifted. What does she do? She eats something. What does she do? Her face changes. The whole expression of her face changes. And now her face shows that something has happened on the inside. Outwardly, the burden, she had to go home with that family still, didn't she? But inwardly, there's a change. Are you with me? Inwardly, there's a change. Now today... In the presence of God here in worship, you may be experiencing the burden of guilt or shame or fear or doubt or worry or uncertainty. Right now in worship, will you lay it down before God? Will you lay it down before God? If you'll do that, the burden on the inside will be lifted. I have no way of knowing on the outside if that burden will ever change. But I do know on the inside, God will give you peace and forgiveness, hope and calm. And make sure you tell your face about it too, right? <laughs> make sure you remind your face that, hey, something's happened on the inside that's even better. As Paul had said, outwardly, there's some bad circumstances, but inwardly, we're being what? Renewed day by day. Do you believe that? Listen to me, folks. Church is not filled with people who are trying to be better people. Church is filled with sinners who've been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And church is a place where burdened people learn how to put their burdens on God. And that's what we want to encourage one another to do all the time. And this is exactly what God says in Psalm. In Psalm 81, he says, look, when you're in trouble, you call for help and I will set you free. I took the load from your shoulder. I let you drop the worker's basket. God says, whatever the burden, whatever the load... I want to take it off your shoulders and I want you to drop that worker's basket. Now here's the context. 
The Hebrew people had been in Egyptian slavery for over 400 years. Year after year, carrying the workers' baskets filled with clay to make the bricks. And as the years passed by, it seemed like this would never end. This burden became even heavier and even harder. As it went on, their Egyptian neighbors made it harder and harder. Made the baskets uh, taller and would carry more weight. And it made it even more difficult to make the bricks. And this seemed like this would never end. Never end until one day God changed everything, didn't he? God called Moses as a leader. And he had Moses lead his Hebrew people out of Egyptian slavery into and towards the promised land, didn't he? Now, what I think is fascinating about that is the story that's told in Exodus 12. In Exodus 12, we find what happens among the Egyptians who had put this burden on the Hebrews for centuries and what happens with the Hebrew people who are marching towards the promised land. On the way out of the land, Moses instructs the Hebrew people, I want you to go to your Egyptian neighbors and knock on their door and say, I need clothing and all your gold and silver. Can you imagine that? The ones that had caused the burden had made their life heavier and tougher. Moses says, you go to their door and knock and ask them for their clothing and gold and silver for the trip. God's favor was upon the Hebrew people and those who were unwilling initially are now made willing, and they willingly give of their gold and silver and clothing for that trip of the Hebrew people on their way. You know, sometimes the burdens you have in life have been placed on you by others. Sometimes God will take those who put that burden on you, and he'll turn it around and make them willingly bless you. In the 1980s, there was this congregation in Nashville, Tennessee that was growing. Here's the original picture of that little small church. It could seat maybe 150, 200, little educational wing. And it started growing in the late 70s. Here we are in the 80s. There's like multiple worship services on Sunday and Sunday night. I think they have three Sunday schools and two Wednesday nights. And they are just absolutely running out of room. In the red, you can see the property that they owned. And the blue was this corner lot that was very, very expensive. That was, looked like that would be the ideal place to move. But they wanted to get with the neighbor who owns the orange or the, the brown part. For some reason, I don't remember all the story, but the neighbor had some sort of grudge against the church and absolutely came against them with every zoning, any attempt to buy the land, they absolutely refused to, they absolutely refused to sell. One Friday night on a prayer and fasting night at the congregation, I went there to be part of that all night. It was just wonderful. And they're praying about so many different things, and we're sharing that. The men are just sharing that together. And sometime real late at night, might have been early in the morning, they begin to talk about this property. Oh, how are we ever going to get that property? That is so expensive over there. And how are we going to get that little piece there? And the neighbor won't sell. And we, what, what do we need to do? And a man in there said, you know what we need to do? We need to march this land from our church building all the way to that for sale land over there. And we're going to do it seven times praying to God. We didn't shout. We didn't have any tambourines. But he obviously took it from Joshua. And we, and we did it. We, we marched in that darkness uh, along the, the road seven times. God, this is your land. You possess this land. Whatever you want to do with it. Don't let there be any obstacles. Whatever you want to do with it, you just do with it. We don't know what to do. It's in your hands. We went back to the building that night and 
We prayed about some more. I remember being very moved by it. It was very powerful. Really nothing happened. But on the inside, we felt good because we turned over to God. Sometime later, Kroger, grocery store, wants to buy that blue area land on the corner lot, but wants all the land that goes up to the church building, including the neighbor's land and the piece that the church owns that's in red. Kroger made a deal with the church to swap the land and give them the portion, go ahead and turn the next slide, give them the portion of what the neighbor had that had always been in opposition to him, to give them that land and also some extra money for what that other land bought. And in the process, they were able to build the facility they needed almost debt-free. God had taken the opposition and turned that around for favor for his people. Do you understand that? God will, and sometimes use the very ones who have burdened you to turn around and bless you. What what a great God we have. A tremendous God we have in how he does that. God knows how to handle your burdens better than you do. And when you think there's no way, there's no way out, why why don't you start marching and start praying, God, I'm laying down this burden before you. And you work it out. That's why in Psalm 55 verse 22 it says, Give your burden to the Lord. He'll do what? He will carry them. Give him your family burden. Give him your job burden. Give him your financial burden. Give him your mental burden. Give him your emotional burden. Give him your heartache burden. Give him your sorrowful burden. Give him your sinful burden. And he will carry them for you. That's the promise that he's made. Don't get trapped into thinking that God has forgotten about you, that God doesn't care about you, or that God has abandoned you. Quit using deceptive talk to yourself, telling yourself that God is not able to do certain things. Well, it's always been that way in our life. It's always been that way in our family. I guess it'll always be that way. Nothing's ever going to change. That's always the way it's always been. Like father, like son, like mother, like daughter. And I guess you're going to keep on being the same old way. Nothing ever. Quit talking that way. I'm going to tell you something. If you're thinking that way and you're talking that way about your burdens, I just want you to know that is not from God. That is not from God. When you are talking and thinking that way, you are being deceived by your enemy, the devil. In 2 Corinthians 11, Paul warns us that we have a devil that is a deceiver. And guess what? He's really good at it. He's really good at it. You're here this morning hearing this wonderful invitation from God to lay down your burdens before him and receive rest for your weary souls. And you're thinking, I can't do that. That's not for me. I've tried that before. Quit listening to the devil. He's the deceiver. Are you with me? Lay down your burdens before God. You are in worship before God right now. If you're feeling, God, I'm laying this burden before you. I want you to carry it for me. Devil, leave me alone. I'm not going to be deceived by you anymore. I'm going to follow after you, Lord. I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to lay down my burdens before you. And I'm going to find rest for my weary soul. Now, one of the ways that God helps carry our burdens is by using us. In Galatians 6 verse 2, it says that whenever we help carry each other's burdens, we are fulfilling the law of Christ. 
When you send that card, when you make that phone call, when you make that text, when you make that meal, when you do something, you run an errand, you help somebody in a very practical way, you are carrying their burden. You are carrying their burden and you're fulfilling the law of Christ. It's a beautiful thought when you think about that, isn't it? Anytime by faith you reach out to help someone, to serve somebody, to help carry their burdens, you are fulfilling the law of Christ and you are pleasing and honoring God. I was speaking to a man a few weeks ago. He was sharing this story with me. He said, you know, the Lord put on my heart that I need to help this individual. But it's going to take quite a bit of time. I mean, it's going to take a lot of work, some time to do that. I'm up to my eyeballs in work right now and trying to close out the end of the year. And so I'm having this, I need to help this person. I feel like I need, but I just don't feel like I have time. But the Lord won't let go of me. He says, in my prayer life, I need to help that person. And so he says, I did. I went and helped that person. It took two or three days, different times to go over and help. But you know what? In doing so, the relief of that man that I helped was so obvious on his face. It was such a relief to him. There was such a joy in his heart. He says, but I'll tell you what, the joy and the satisfaction I had in helping him was far greater than what he was experiencing. And he says, what was funny was, all that time I thought I was adding to my agenda, to my schedule, because I was up to my eyeballs and work. He says, really, the work that I put in helping him relaxed me so much And it was such benefit that I was actually able to get my other work done quicker and easier and with less stress. When you reach out in faith to help carry someone else's load, you're helping God. You're doing exactly what God says to do. I love the story in Mark chapter 2, don't you? Here's Jesus. He's teaching. And people just want to hear what he has. They're hungering for his word. The house is full. The doorway's full. They're leaning outside. They're trying to get close as close as possible into there, right? In Mark chapter 2. And they had this beautiful session of Jesus teaching. And here comes the men carrying this paralyzed man on a mat. And they get there and they realize immediately, there's no way we're getting into this through that front door. Climbing up to the rooftop. And there they, um, they cut open a hole in the roof. Can you imagine that? They're so determined to get this man before Jesus. And they lower the paralyzed man to the very, to where Jesus is sitting and preaching. Don't you know the whole place became real silent all of a sudden? You know, all that stuff's falling on their head. What's going on here? But you know what the Bible says in Mark 2? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus saw their faith. Saw their faith. What faith? The faith that said, this crowd's not going to stop us. This man needs Jesus. This faith that says, we're going to climb on this, on this house. We don't even know who this guy is. We're going to cut a hole in his roof. This faith that says, we're going to lower him down before Jesus because if we can get him somehow to Jesus, that Jesus is going to be able to help this man. When Jesus saw their faith, he told the man, your sins are forgiven. You take up your mat and you walk out this door. And immediately the paralyzed man was healed. He jumps up. He walks his way out the front door. <laughs> the crowd kind of parted, didn't it? And as he's walking out that front door, it says the people were praising God. They were amazed at what God can do. Listen, look for opportunities around you to carry someone else's burden. Your faith may help bring them the favor, the forgiveness, and the rest that they need from God. Amen? That's what he calls us to do. Well, I'm going to ask every one of you to stand at this time. Let's please stand if you're able to. 
I hope you're encouraged today to accept the invitation from God to lay down your burdens and find rest in him. I believe the scriptures we use today will be an encouragement and help you through the things that you might encounter this week in your life. I hope that's the case. And I want to share with you, starting this week, this verse from Romans, 14, Romans 15, verse 13, parts of it, to offer to you words of encouragement as you go throughout your day. May the God who gives hope fill you with much joy and peace as you trust in him. May you have more and more hope that flows out of you by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.